Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Wow, Matt, fellow adventurers. We are once again, once again, playing Sir Crokington. And we are on the shores of Tar Lake. We previously went there to go to Sword Island, which is in the middle. Unfortunately, we didn't sink to our death. Which is nice. Because being dead sucks, apparently. Apparently. I don't know, maybe it's really brilliant. But if it is, no one's told us. So I'd have to assume it this sucks. Anyhow, there's an adventure here called... Book of Secrets. The man, who introduces himself as Arlon, shows you several nasty gashes along his white side and tells you he foolishly ventured into the cave in search of a book he knew to be hidden in its depths. Well, let us begin. Alright, you can't choose whether to have it scaled or not this time. Early one spring afternoon. While exploring the area surrounding Tar Lake, you happen upon a wounded young man resting outside the broad, vine-entangled mouth of a cave. The man, who introduced himself as Arlon, shows you several nasty gashes along his white side, and tells you he foolishly ventured into the cave in search of a book he knew to be hidden in its depths. He tells you he was attacked by several armoured scavengers while exploring the cave and he barely made it out alive. Now just recap what they are. Armoured scavenger. These long, grey-shelled, armoured beetles have a lengthy curved horn that protrudes from the front of their broad, flattened heads. Heck, just one head. Their shells are extremely hard. When you ask him if he is alright, he nods and says that while he no longer has any desire to go back into the cave to obtain the book, he is willing to tell you how to find it. And split with you the reward which we will earn him. Well, I might as well have a go. I, I mean, I do have 300... Well, Sir Crokington has 380 MR. I do not know what the MR rating of me, the guy who is speaking, is. Because, uh, that's not... I, uh... I just don't. Because <laughs> it'd be weird. Because I'd have to fight a whole load of people. And I think I'd probably start... I'd probably start getting into a lot of trouble if I did that. If I tried to find out my melee waiting by just... Randomly trying to beat up people just to see which ones... Which one, To see where the damage drops off. <laughs> Also, I suspect my MR rating is actually very, very low, and I will get completely whooped. So, I'm not going to try to find out what my melee rating is. I'm going to guess two. Alright, okay, yep, going to get interested. 
All on scenes, please, you accept this offer. He meets you on a shoulder cross and tells you he will evenly split with you the reward he receives when he presents the book to the man who hired him for the task. You are somewhat surprised to learn Lan has already acquired the book during his excursion in the cave, but during a desperate struggle with four armoured scavengers, he somehow lost the object of his mission. I believe it must have been at the very edge of that large pool, very deep in the cave, he says. That's where the scavengers sat set upon me. You also lost my small pack. If you could find the pack as well, I'd be very grateful. The young man describes the location of the pool to which we third, telling you it's at the far eastern end of the cave. When you ask Arlen to describe the book, he says it's a small, thin journal with a worn leather cover. He tells you that he found it locked in a stone chest not far from the pool he previously mentioned. Locks aren't much of a problem for me, he says, winking. Scavengers, or whatever they're properly called, are something else entirely. Not really one for sword swinging, all that sort of thing. Glancing at the mouth of the cave, Arline warns you to take care in its gloomy depths. He tells you he's not certain how many armoured scavengers infest the lair, but he knows for certain there are at least four of the horrid creatures. When you tell him you explore the cave, and you're confident you'll be able to recover both the book and his missing pack. He smiles and says he'll be waiting in the nearby town of Norfolk. He then provides you with a rough description of the town's location. After meeting him in another shoulder cross, you bid the young man farewell and he departs, leaving you alone in front of the forbidding, vine-entangled mouth of the cave. Alright, it seems to be a bit quiet. Okay, now I've, I've I've turned it up now. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 much louder now. Uh, uh you'll probably this might hurt your ears if you're using headphones, but oh well. You're standing in the thick, thick of the forest on the northeast of Tar Lake, before the fir dark, forbidding, finely tangled mouth of the cave. As you gaze upon the inky gloom of the cave mouth, your thoughts fall upon the book and the missing pack that will lie somewhere in its depths. You remain confident you'll be able to retrieve these items from them. What happens if I travel? Okay, okay. Tar Lake. Central Tyser. Griffin Clyde. Car Lake. Locations near. Visit Tar Lake. Oh, wait, I think. Ah! <laughs> Alright, yeah, here's a problem. If you go away, it seems to disappear. Well, fortunately, I haven't actually done anything, so I'll just quit without saving. Well, well now you know. You do not go away from the cave because you forget where it was. Central Tar Lake. Oh, I'll just click for it quickly now. I'm interested. Yes, accept the task. Enter the cave. You're standing just inside the vine-entangled mouth of the cave. To the east, a broad tunnel plunges into the darkness. 
to the west that the pale light of the forest filters in through a tangled turk curtain of vines. Alright, I'm sort of in the southwest corner. I'm gonna make my way north and east. Alright, uh, reach the northwest side. It's only this dungeon is far it, it goes far it's far longer east west than it is north south. Suddenly you draw yourself into combat ready sense as a group of armoured scavengers burst out of the gloom ahead. The deadly predators immediately swarm along the passage, their long, curved horns fussing wildly as they prepared as they bear down on the armoured scavenger one of three. The armoured scavenger fusses sharp on you and is slain. Four XP. These are this is a low level adventure. And that is that is, that is something that this vantage this game has. You actually have low-level adventures coming up late being gen being made a dozen years after the game was made uh, in most I think in most games it's always the new content is always the highest level content and then after that there's more new content which is a new highest level and a new highest level so if you play the game and everyone's going, ooh, play this new stuff, it's super exciting. You join up, it'll be months and months before you'd get to see any of the new stuff, which usually is in many ways better because all the designers know all the stuff by now and the world's been built more so they can... They have more. They have more pieces on the board by then, so they can do more things. But usually, the latest content is always the highest level content, which me, which tends to mean only people who've done everything can get to do it. Which means it doesn't really bring in new people, which is a problem. Because you want to bring in new people, you know, get money and make up for the people who have died or got bored. Got more bored or became Amish or something. For XP, anyway. You step away from the oozing remains of the armoured scavenger and prepare to engage the next of the deadly insects. Alright, two or three. Fuss your sharp horn. I thrust my clubby club. The last of them, three of three, and it is slain in just two rounds, four XP. You step back from the remains of the slain arbor scavengers and wipe away the stream of sweat spilling down off your brow, thankful to survive the encounter with the fearsome insects. You quickly check over your gear before once again setting off through the cave. Okay, there's a little alcove. Nope, nothing there. Alright, I'm genuinely making my way east, but it's a very wiggly dungeon. Alright, there's another alcove pointing south. Nothing there. Alright, going. There's a little north-south passage. A scattering of bones, including two human skulls, covers the floor of this section of the cave passage. Now, admittedly, the chance... It's pretty likely that... These skulls are here, 
because the armoured scavengers ate people, but there are other reasons they could be there. I mean, the armoured scavengers could have just, you know, dug up some graves. I mean, it'd be, off, be easy enough. Presumably they can dig. And graves are, you know, underground. and to, Presumably to an armoured scavenger, they'll be able to smell it. Or at least smell the things that are already lured there and go, Ooh, crunch a muncher human! Or something like that. The stench of decay wafts along the twisting tunnels as you go delve into the gloom-filled heart of the cave. Okay, I'm going along the south side now. Suddenly, you draw yourself into combat ready stance as a group of armoured scavengers burst out of the gloom ahead. The deadly predators immediately swarm along the passage, their long curved horns thrusting wildly as they bear down on you. One of four. Just going to fight this quickly. I'm going to keep fighting until I see a special, 4xp. You step away from the oozing remains of the armoured scavenger and prepare to engage the necks of the deadly insects. Right, two or four. And slain in two rounds. Three or four, not even a description, you just hop straight to the fight. Last of them, four or four. And slain, and another four XP. Hmm. You don't get a little general XP reward like 32 experience for finishing them all, but oh well. This is a low level adventure. But of course, it's still fun for high level people because it's good riding. We're once again setting off through the cave. Alright, I'm. All right. Oh, well, no. Okay, three armoured scavengers in a row. Just gonna quick combat these. Because they're, they're all the. They're pretty similar. Alright. You're standing in a small bone littered chamber at the northern end of the, the cave, cave tunnel. The bones of several animals, including the skulls of two ogres, lie strewn across the uneven floor. Alright, I guess an ogres lived in this cave as well at some point. Well, caves are very handy, so if ever if ever a cave's caves empty, someone's gonna move in. Especially if it just happened to be an, an, emptied out by a stabby stabby adventurer guy. You notice several items among the bones. Well, let's search through the bones. You search through the chamber, turns up the following. This is a loot drop. It's a pretty modest loot. Lots of common weapons, and they're never worth taking. Because they sell for about two, three gold. And they can take up to 16 encumbrance. And there's a bone belt. That's common. And, oh, and 19 gold tokens. And like with all these random loot drops, if you go away, they disappear. Because you don't want to save all these random little loot drops. Because he's, he's got to, he'd have to, he'd have to keep all those things for hundreds of thousands of players. And that starts to add up. And also, people sort of feel obliged to get every bit... Pick up everything, go back to pick up, sell everything, pick up, sell everything. It get really boring 
as well. So you're just, just taking the best stuff, well, not the stuff that sells for about 40 gold each. Yeah, just take, take that and go. Alright, yep. And that's that. Okay, I'm making my way back west. Another armoured scavenger. 4xp. Probably should have read the description first, but one will turn up again soon. Alright, now I'm going along the north side. Here's another group of armoured scavengers. There's four of them. Just going to quick combat my way through these armoured scavengers. The smasher wallops my foe. And there we are. 4xp, you step back from the remains of the slain armoured scavengers and wipe away the sweat spinning off your brow. Thankful to survive the encounter with the fearsome insects, you quickly check over your gear before once again setting off through the cave. Alright, going east along the north side. Without warning, a large grey-shelled beetle appears just ahead the edge of the invading light. The hideous creature, a long curved horn protruding from its flattened head, immediately starts towards you. You boldly adopt a defensive stance as you prepare to engage the fearsome predator as an armoured scavenger. Frost its sharp horn. I thrust my very clubby club at them. I smash them with the smooth spoosh smasher, to be, to be completely accurate. You step back from the oozing XP. You step back from the oozing remains of the armored scavenger and quickly check over your gear. After taking just a few moments to recover from the counter, you once again set off through the gloom. Alright, here's a path there's a little twisty passage connecting north and south, and three armored scavengers grouped together to try to stop me, but they will not last long. Here's the, the second, and here's the third. They are all slain. They each give you 4 XP. Alright, that's, that's that little connecting passage fully explored. Because you can tell what you've explored because there are little footsteps on the map. Alright, we're near the eastern end. Northeastern side. A stone chest sits against the back wall of this wide alcove. The end of the cave passage. Okay, chest is open and empty. And we know why that is. That's because Arlen just took the book out. And there's, let me just check, is there anything else hiding in there? Like a false bottom or something? Nope, thievery doesn't reveal anything, so. Oh, here's, here's another armoured scavenger, smashy, smashy, smashy. Oh, I went into a battle wage. Look, ugh. I just want to get the book and leave, we don't have to fight. 4xp. Alright, and there's a little passage passage to the west of west of the southeast corner. Something has been carved into the wall in this section of the cave tunnel. Upon closer inspection, discover the words Tallies was here. Chiseled into the damp stone. Hmm. Might possibly have been Tallies that dealt with those two ogres. Which meant, of course, that the, which meant the 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 armored scavengers could move in. Of course, there might have been several other residents between now and then, 
I mean, it's, it's not like they it's not like they sign that. Not like all the monsters sign their names, saying, "Oh, Grog the Ogre was here. Smith the Armored Scavenger was here. Inkonk the Goblin was here. Hiss, 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 hiss. That's all you get when skeletons. Vazalon, Vazalon the Tazzle was here. A bear was here. Because that bears definitely wouldn't like that. Because they, they, they can't wait as far as I know. Maybe they've been keeping it secret the whole time, but... Nope. Alright, now to the southeast corner. Here it is, the last square of the dungeon. You're standing at the end of a cave tunnel on the western side of a wide dark pool. From somewhere far to the east, beyond the range of your light... You can hear, you can hear the telltale trickling, trickling of flowing water. Suddenly, your eyes are suddenly drawn down into the white. There, resting at the edge of the pool, only inches from the water, is a small, thin book with a leather cover. Only a few feet from the book, his tattered scrap partially submerged in the water, is a small cloth backpack. Realising you've at last found Arla's pack and book, you promptly take possession of the items. Alright, I've got Arla's pack. This small cloth pack contains a set of clothing, a pair of worn leather shoes, a map of the Tar Lake region, and a very unappealing piece of hard bread. It is in this pack. This is the pack Arlan told you he lost in the cave after being attacked by armoured scavengers. Alright, and the Thin Leather Journal. The few pages contained in this small, thin, leather-bound journal are blank. Well, I assume they probably wouldn't be blank to someone who knows the tricks. But, honestly, I've not... not, not I've no, it's not my book, so... I'm not going to try to find out. After securing the book and packing amongst your other belongings... You prepare to make your way out of the cave. Alright, yeah, it makes sense that if 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 a if if keeping the contents of this book secret was important enough for you to hide it in a monster filled cave, possibly having told Tallies to do that. I mean maybe. Maybe. We know Tallies was here. I presumably he fought monsters because Whenever Tallies turns up, there's nearly always monsters to fight. He put took that. Maybe, maybe Tallies put the journal in the chest. And now, whosever journal it is, oh, oh, I need that now. Oh, I'm going to have to get someone to retrieve it. Oh, Tallies is all the way near Twithick, and he's kind of retired now. I can't, can't get Tallies to do it. Especially on my budget. I'm sure if I paid him enough, he would come out of retirement. But no, nah, no, nah. now nah, I'll just just put up, I'll just put a note, just put a notice up up and in the town square, and someone will turn up, or something like that. After securing the book and packing amongst your other belongings, you prepare to make your way out of the cave. Suddenly, you're taking less than a dozen steps towards the butt mouth of the tunnel. 
when four armoured scavengers charge out of the gloom. Realising that flight is not an option, you draw yourself into a de defensive stance as the deadly horde insects, their legs clattering as they cross the uneven cave floor, swiftly bear down on you. Alright, fight one of four, begin. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and so I'm just gonna fight these quickly. Six XP. Oh, these are tougher than the other ones. But they still fight the same. Same as the first. Another six XP. Number three. Savagely gores you for about four damage. First time I saw a special. The last of them. The enemy savagely gores you for 10 damage, but is slain directly afterwards. In revenge! 6 XP. The armoured scavenger lies dead at your feet. As you step back from the remains of the deadly insects, your horrified gaze is drawn to the tunnel mouth to the west, surging towards you out of the shadows, its horn wildly frosting at the air. Is a massive armoured scavenger! With unnerving speed, the massive armoured scavenger bears down on you, its long curved horn thrusting wildly at the air. With no time to prepare to engage the fearsome creature, you attempt to dodge its fearsome, dodge its deadly charge, picking a number. Bonus of 39, 20 from agility, 10 from body, 9 from luck. Gotta get 50 or more, or it'll hit me first, pick now. 65, success. Spring in the air and just jump right over it. Now, only dodging the armored scavenger charge. Scavenger start the jet. The shell predator immediately springs about and attacks, thrusting at you with his deadly horn. But I just jump on the deadly horn so it can't thrust at me with it if I'm already on it. And then I'm just, just free to just bonk it on the head. Bonk, 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 bonk. Begin combat. The armoured scavenger fusses its sharp horn at you. And is slain. 7 XP. Because that was, that was by, probably by quite a margin. The toughest of the fight in, in this, this adventure. The massive armoured scavenger lies dead at your feet. You step back from the oozing remains of the grey-scale shell terror and exhale sharply. It's that precise moment at the corner of, the eye, of your eye. You spot the second of the giant. Oh, there's another one? You spin to your left and draw yourself into the defensive stance. As a ma second massive armor scavenger surges out of the shadow. The fearsome creature is nearly upon you when it suddenly wears back on its form four of its legs and topples onto its back. The bright beetle weaves about in apparent agony. Oh, something even bigger must have slain it for several moments before finally succumbing to the final series of shudders and death. You immediately spot a lone arrow. Okay, arrow, arrow, that's more promising because. Most monsters don't use arrows. Protruding from the side of the beetle's grey shell. Are you alright? Issues a vibrant voice from somewhere in the deep gloom, cloaking the mouth tunnel. I'll be right over there. Just to wait a moment. Yes. Just tucking things away. Here I come. Seconds later, a tall, brightly attired man. 
His braided golden beard drips to his belt, strides out of the darkness. A bow is hung over his shoulder, his sizable hand is clasped to the hilt of a sieve long sword. He smiles and asks if you're hurt. No, no, nothing but a few scrapes, perhaps, he says. Have you done little more than a glance over you? How's that for a timely arrival? I don't think I'll get, get him with just one shot. But that's how it, it happens sometimes. Mind that I've been meaning to clear out these pests. And I must shamefully admit I was rather dismayed to find that someone beat me to it. Well done though. It's not every day you hope to find someone brave enough to step into a hive of these things. Hive. Perhaps I've overstated it. Well, nevertheless. The bearded man introduces himself as Corlin. Tells you he's long hunted the region surrounding Tar Lake. He's quick to admit that he avoids getting too close to the lake itself. Well, well there's quite serious things inside the lake itself. I've heard tales about what stirs in that muddy old bog, he says, frowning. I'd have no desire to see it. But there's plenty of game about these parts. If you know where to look. If you don't mind, I'd like to sell these ugly things and take their horns. There's just a small bit of gold to be had for them. Not much, mind. But for someone like me, it's quite enough. When you give your consent to Corin, he smiles and imitate, initiates a shoulder cross. Corin tells you he believes there's still some armour scavengers lurking about in the cave. Yes, if you would like... If you'd like him to clear them out for you, happily do it, he says. But if you want them for yourself for some reason, I won't argue over it. Okay, so... If you agree to let him get them all, there will be no random encounters on the way back. And, but if you don't, then there are random encounters on the way back. And you don't gain anything from them because you can't harvest the horns because you have no idea who wants the horns or what they do with them. Now, what? On the shells, the horns and the shells. What could you do with a horn and a shell? Hmm, a horn, I guess you could use that. That is a lever. The shell, hmm, I don't know, maybe waterproofing. Yes, make, make, you can make armor out of it. Maybe just take the bits of shell and put it on an umbrella. <laughs> maybe it grinds up into something. We don't know. Because yeah, he's not saying. Because that'll probably give away how he makes his money. Yeah, yeah, you take care of the West. Because as a person who doesn't know how to... How to pro correctly process all these beetles, you don't really gain anything. Tell Colin he can take care of the West. Colin nods and pats the pommel of his sheath sword. You may consider them vanquished, she says, smirking. Now, if you'll... Be kind enough enough to give me your pardon. I'll set right to it. Now, if you don't, somehow there is an unlimited quantity of those things. 
Because so that means apparently he's just killed an unlimited quantity of beetles. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Pretty good. You thank Colin, and in return he thanks you for allowing him to collect the shells and horns of the armor scavengers. Oh yeah, there's uh, uh, there's quite a few I slayed on the way there. Be on the lookout for them. As Colin begins dressing the slain beetles strewn about the edge of the pool, you bid him farewell and set off to the west, eager to make your way out of the cave. At the shah. At the very corner of the cave, the scattered remains of the armoured scavengers are strewn about the cave floor at the edge of the pools. The shells and horns of the slain beetles have been removed by Colin. Uh, I guess there's... Well, I guess there's the legs. Not sure how much would be left. I guess they probably by shells of the beetles, they probably mean the, the Electra. The, the wing cases that's probably the the hardest the hardest and most smoothly shaped and in one big piece as well which just generally helps yeah there's still be there's be the legs the lower lower part or the organs yeah plenty of them left okay now to make my way back and now there'll be because Chlorin has just slain them all, there are no random encounters, which makes this a lot easier. Very easy indeed, actually. I'm nearly there, and leave the cave. Once outside the cave, you decide to make your way to Norfolk. The town mentioned you while Arlen, the young man for whom he retrieved the book and the pack. As you're about to head off into the forest to search for the world that will lead you to Norfolk, Colum emerges from the cave. The tall, bearded man salutes you with a friendly wave and strides up to meet you in a shoulder cross. Well, my work is mostly done. He says, setting down a large, rattling sack filled with armoured scavenger shells and horns. I mean, how many could you fit in at that bat? Because those armoured scavengers are pretty big. Not exactly sure how big a shell and a horn would be, but the several feet long the shells. But admittedly, they would fit the shell. The shells, at least, would fit together into each other very neat. They would stack well. The the, ho- the, sh- the shells, the horns, not so sure. Maybe they stack as well, so we can carry more of them. 
I wouldn't suggest you get too close to this heap. It's got quite a stench to it. Don't really bother me. Suppose I'm just accustomed to it. And to worse. He spent a few minutes con conversing with Corwin. He tells you he's got a few, still got a few beetle carcasses to dress. But he hopes to be done long before nightfall. Nightfall. The wild is no place to be when the sun disappears, he says. His tone decidedly ominous. Of course, you know that. That's particularly true, mind. We need ear to some place as well. A place like Tar Lake. You ask Colin if he knows of Norfolk, and he's surprised to learn it's the town from which he hails. When you ask if he knows of Arlen, he frowns his eye. He frowns and rolls his eyes. What's that scamping up to now? He was in that cave. It's a very interesting story. He finds his way, way about at all kinds of trouble, does our Arlen. Nothing very serious, mind, but trouble all the same. He's a nice enough young fellow, though. When Colin tells you how to best reach Norfolk from here, you're startled to discover the directions are quite different and much simpler than those given to you by Arlen. The path Colin lays out for you completely avoids a narrow, tangled veil through which Arlen had directed you. He tells you you should reach the town before dusk. You thank him and bid him farewell, wishing him luck as he prepares to venture back into the cave to complete his labours. You can tell young Arlen that he needs to keep his nose out of these kinds of places. He calls to as he enters the cave. Tell him and I'll have words with him when he get, with him when I get back. With that, Colin disappears into the mouth of the cave. After spending a few moments to gather your bearings, you set off to Norfolk. Late afternoon finds you seated comfortably at the table in Arlen's modest dwelling on the outskirts of Norfolk. The young man, who still seems bothered by the soon wounds he received on his ill-fated adventure in the cave, has insisted that you stay for supper, telling you that in addition to his skills with locks, something which he previously mentioned, he's a skilled cook. I don't mind saying it, even if it sounds forward, he says, placing a steaming bowl of venison stew before you. Are you fond of leeks? I'm not particularly fond of them, but they go very nicely in your stew. There's quite a lot of them in there, as you can see. Yes, that smells wonderful. Upon your arrival in Norfolk, less than an hour ago, you made your inquiry at the town smithy and directed to Arlen's house. A squat? Hmm. Smithy, of all places. Hmm. I mean, if I was looking for someone's address in a medieval-ish town, Probably go to the barkeep, because barkeeps have to know everybody. But I guess if someone's an adventurer, then they have to go to the smithy a lot. So maybe that makes sense. A squat, stone-walled structure atop which into roof. Looks like it might collapse at any moment. Arlen was thrilled when he presented with him with the pack and the book, and promptly locked the journal in a chest next to the fireplace. Prudent, prudent. Then, before asking you to stay and dine, he presented you with 500 gold tokens. That's your share of what I'm going to get for the book, he says, smiling. I hope the whole affair didn't prove too difficult to view. 
I know what you're up against in there. I only wish I'd done the same before I set foot in that cave. After your third hoping of Ireland's mouth-watering stew, while sipping from a mug of paleo he's placed before you, you ask your somewhat enigmatic host about the book you were covered. Yes, the book, he mutters, prolonging the last word of his in effort to formulate what he's to say next. I'm certain you've looked at it. Yes, all the pages are empty, of course. That's not quite true. Empty to you, or me, or anyone else for that matter. But not the man whose journal it is. It's the property of a spellcaster. Very renowned spellcaster. He calls it his book of secrets, or so I've been told. What his secrets are, I don't know. In fact, I'm just as glad not to know. Arlen tells you that tomorrow he will embark on a journey to Talonus. In the capital, he presents... He will present the book to a man who ultimately deliver it to the mage in question. Could it be Huron? I mean, I mean, he, he's the he's the mage we know. Um, we do know he's in Talonus, but Talonus is a very large city, so there'd be all sorts of mages in there. So it could be, could be, any, could be anyone. Arlen, anyone who you know is a mage. Arlen fixes you a quizzical stare, then, as if suddenly mindful of his leering. He quickly averts his gaze to the, win to the wi window, window for a few moments before again setting his eyes on you. So, then, the life of, the event of an adventurer, he says, at last, taking an unusually loud sip of his pale. I am here, you know. There's a lot to do with courage and skill like yours. Does it ever grow tiresome? No, suppose it wouldn't. Well, who knows? Or perhaps may come together someday. Maybe we better help each other out. Great opportunities about, if you know where to look for them. When you mention your meeting with Colin, the young man seems momentarily taken aback. Then he shrugs and tells you that Colin is considered odd. Well, most folk in Norfolk, well, I'm sure you're considered odd too. Wouldn't pay much mind, he says, shaking his head. He's usually running about collecting one strange thing or another. Yes, great odd is how to describe him. You spend the next small while conversing with Arlen before politely, politely bidding farewell and setting off on your way. He sees you through the door and waves as you depart. Despite the encroaching dusk, you find yourself with no desire to linger in Norfolk. A strange, unsettling feeling seems to suggest that neither Arlen nor the town itself may be entirely what they seem. The eerie suspicion which serves to hasten your step does not diminish until you're well along the road heading out of Norfolk. And that finishes this adventure for 256 experience to general and 16 experience to all skills and powers. Alright, we're at 40, 42 minutes. Okay. Wooden's been here recently. Around Tire Lake. I don't think Wooden's really strong enough to fight the bog. The bog beast yet. So maybe he was doing... Maybe he was looking for the Ardavarian artifact, or 
going at the bulkies too early or doing the adventure I just did. I wonder. I mean, if he was, it would be in recent events. Alright, Cobra's done the ghost ship. Torin has done a Prince Uncrowned. That's the end of the Woundskin Saga. And so Crokington did a book secret. Book secret. Torin also. The, the Dark Chapter Closes, which is the one before the Prince is Uncrowned. Yeah. I haven't seen anything from that. That wielding bloke. So maybe you just didn't have a lot to turn up, or maybe he hasn't done anything that triggers this. Oh well, we'll see. Okay, we're, 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 sti we're still, we've still got some time. Let's go to the Moonshore Crossroads. You're standing in front of the Moonshore in a tavern, which sits at the centre of the famous crossroads that shares its moniker. The Moonshore has faithfully served travellers passing through these parts for generations. The merry din animating from the inn can be heard from a considerable distance away. From here, the King's Path runs north and south, providing direct routes to Telus and to the southern reaches of Tysa. A myriad of lesser roads run into the King's Path at this crossroads. Alright, there's another one of those claw-shaped standing stones. It's the same as all the other ones. Enter the Moonshore Inn and Tavern. The Moonshore is a loud, bus bustling place. Patrons are drinking, singing and laughing, and generally carrying on. It's difficult to move about the common room without bumping into people. Let's just wander around the common room. A large crowd has gathered around a table in the middle of the common room. Upon closer inspection, you discover an arm wrestling match is going on. Two large men, seated on opposite sides of the table, are locked in a duel of physical might. Now this is section number 512, so this was one of the first things ever added to this game. This was so early, there was an entirely different system of travel, which I never saw because I turned up too late. But maybe if you go to the Discord, they'll be able to explain it. After a brief struggle, one of the men cries out at the back. At the back of his hand is slowly forced to the surface of the table, signalling his defeat. He rises from the table, shaking his head, and stalks off across the corn room. You learn from one of the men standing on the table that the victor's name, fame is Quidder, and the arm wrestling in Moonshore is the He's a favourite sport of his. He'll pay 25 gold to anyone who puts up 10 gold beats in, the man says. But I don't think he's ever lost. Quidder, with his sizeable arms, muscles bustling, looks around to see if anyone else is going to challenge him. So I can challenge him or just leave him be. Now, I just so happen to have a score of 20 in mind, so I think I stand a pretty decent chance. Put up the 10 gold and challenge Quidder to a match. Alright, the ten gold has been put up. Quidder smiles as you sit down to begin the match. The immense man wishes you luck, as you both move into position and grasp each other's hand. Now, of course, I had to... I've had to... 
had to put some had to make had to wash my hands so it's not as greasy as normal you hear several in the crowd around the table waging with one another over the outcome of the match anyway picking a number bonus of 20 20 of it for might gotta get 50 or more or I lose pick now 91 success with an anguished cry Quidder gives in to defeat as the back of his hand touches the surface of the table. For a moment, the look of anger passes over the man's face, but he rises from the table smiling and thanks you for an excellent match. He hands you 25 gold tokens before he stalks off across the common room. Well, there's 25 gold tokens, although I've just spent 10, so I've really only gained 15 gold tokens from this, which... Which is, which is, of course, still, even when this game was out, 15 gold tokens wasn't, when this adventure was first released, probably within the first year of the game being out. The crowd around the table congratulate you on your victory, and one of the patrons buys you a mug of ale. After drowning the fine brew and conversing with several patrons, you get up from the table, continue about your business. Wander around the common room. Nope, nothing of much interest. Okay, order some food and drink. A tavern servant tells you a hot meal and a f mug of fine ale will cost two gold tokens. The young lad says the Moonshaw has the finest ale outside town. It well, okay. That's twice as much as normal, but maybe it's better. Looks like it's better. Pay two gold for the food and ale. You find an open seat at the end of one of the common room's long tables and sit down patiently to await the arrival of your meal. Glancing about, you take note of those seated around you at the end of the long table. A grey-haired man with a crooked nose plug, put, puffs on a wooden pipe and takes a small measured sip up from, from a mug around in front of him. A young man with a nervous, with a narrow face, twiddles his thumbs and seems to glance nervously towards the door. You'll have enough time to speak with someone at the table before your meal arrives, you wish. Alright, let's speak to the man smoking the pipe. The man with the crooked nose slowly turns to face you, shouts to introduce himself. He glares at you, utters something under his breath, and gets up from the table taking his pipe and his mug of ale with him. All right, fair enough. Apparently, he's one of the friendly locals. You have little time to dwell on this, however, for your meal arrives, along with your mug of ale. You eagerly set into it. When you finish eating, you get up from the table and make your way across the common room. All right, let's order some more food and drink. Pay the two gold again. Presumably, this is a, let's say this is a later day. Okay, I think I've been here before. There was a third person I spoke to. Uh, I spoke to that person to learn to train and learn and learn the weaponry skill so that I would have it. All right, speak to the nervous young man. The young man is visibly startled when he introduces himself, but he manages a weak smile and returns your greeting. Nice to meet you, Sir Crockington, he says. My name is Frithwin. 
He looks around nervously, and then leans over the table, keeping his voice barely above a whisper. He alerted that he, he owes a considerable sum of gold to a local money lender named Cole. And the deadline today is the deadline for him to pay it back in full. Now, what what was it for? Hmm? I mean, that, that does somewhat matter. Ah, oh, okay. He's just about to say. Fruffin tells you he borrowed the gold to purchase medicines for his father, who had taken hill and has since passed away. He says he's no hope of paying back the 50 gold he owes Cole. Oh, well, only 50? Well, I can deal with that. Suddenly, the front door of the moonshore flies open, and all eyes fall upon the three sizable men striding into the inn. Griffin starts trembling as the three men bris walk brif briskly towards him. The largest of the men, walking slightly behind the other two, has a pudgy, pock-marked face covered with a scraggly, unkempt beard. The three men surround the terrified Frithin and glare down at him. But Frithin stammers something about not being able to pay back the borrowed sum. The bearded man's demeanour. Nina becomes quite sour. Before anyone, including you, has time to react, the three men grab Hiffin, Fiffin, and haul him out through the back door of the inn. Most inside the inn seem to go about the business as if the incident never took place. So I could just forget about the whole incident and wait for your meal, but of course that means... Uh, well, that, that person's going to have a bad time. Presumably he's going to get beaten to a pulp. I just said, this is what happens when you don't give me my money. And now, find it. I will be back in a week. And if I don't get it, I'll just beat you up again. And I'll just keep beating you up until you find the money. I don't care how you get the money. Steal it. Forge it. Find it in a cave. Beg. I don't care. Just get me my money. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow the men out the back. Just outside the back door of the inn, two of the men are holding Fiffin in place, while a large bearded man taps an iron wad against his open palm. He takes up a position directly in front of Fiffin and mocks the young man's terrified expression. Let it never be said that Cole the Lender isn't fair, he snarls. I'm giving you two more weeks to come across what you owe me, but to make... Sure, you don't slack off. I'm going to provide you with a little iron incentive. It appears that the moneylender and his strong arms are about to rough up with him. Cole raises the iron wad and prepares to strike the young man. Okay, so I can just leave him to his going to be very nasty fate. Or I could intervene to prevent the attack. You know what? I'm going to intervene. Look, look, if you need the money, this is what we have courts. We have courts for this, this business. And we, really, uh, if you knew he could, if you knew he wouldn't be able to pay back, you shouldn't have lent in the freaking money. Okay? I mean, you're, you're the, you're the guy with the money. You're the guy who, get, you signed the contract, you are responsible. 
okay? You're just as responsible as the person who took it. In fact, probably more, because you're more familiar. And he's, prob he's probably not in a position, psychologically, where he can consider such things. But you are. So you're more responsible. Okay, I'm going to intervene to prevent the attack. Your, your sudden shout startles everyone. And Colton and his men turn to face you. If you want to spare this one, then what? You better have my 50 gold tokens, sneers Cole, as he, his men, and Fufrin stare at you expectedly. You realise you possess the gold necessary to spare Cole, and a lot more. 36,828 more gold, to be precise. Or, so I can pay him the 50 gold, or I can just attack his men. I don't know if that will actually fix anything. Because Cole is still going to want the money. He'll just be pissed off at me too. Hmm. Oh, of course, if I kill them, it resolve it. But I don't, they're not quite at the level of villainy where I can kill them. I wonder what, what, what did I do with when Sir Croking did this? When, when, when Zoop did this? I'm not sure what, what Zoop did, but Zoop... Probably paid the 50 gold tokens. So I'm going to attack Cole and his men just to see the other option. Your sudden attack shocks everyone present. But within seconds, both of Cole's men have leapt to their paymaster's defence. Cole strikes at you with his iron rod. While his two men attempt to plubble you with their fists. This is not a battle to the death. You're attempting to wend the three men incapable of further action. Maybe if I hit them in the head hard enough, they'll forget about the debt they're trying to get. But the and, and they are trying to do the same to you. Alright, this is non-lethal combat. But that doesn't mean it's not going to hurt a lot. Cole's henchmen attempt to pommel you, but they're not very good at it. And they are defeated. On the floor they go. 2xp. Cole and his henchmen lie in a pile on the ground. They roll about moaning for a few moments before staggering to their feet and ambling away. Their egos bruised as badly as their bodies. Paul pauses for a moment and points his finger at Firith and then at you. This isn't over! He sneers. You two best watch yourself about these parts. Well, I don't really spend much time in these parts, so uh, most of the watching is, is, is you, Fifrin. The defeated moneylender limps off in the direction of his departed henchman. Kin thanks you for having saved his hide from the like of Cole. Cole is two thugs. Two thugs. I wish I had something to give you for what you've done for me, he says sheepishly. I won't forget it, Sir Crokington. Look, look, if you had something to give me, you could probably use it to pay off your debt, because I think that's a more... Because that, that... Yeah, he, you'll be back. Prithin thanks you again and departs. You make back your way back inside the Moonshore Inn and Tavern. And apparently I forgot about the food I just ordered. Although maybe I just had it really quickly.
Order some food and drink to pay again. The Miller Wives, the young man who brought it to the table, bows politely before setting it down before you. You thank him before setting into the small steaming feast. The meal proves to be delicious, and the ale service is dark and creamy. After finishing the food and emptying your mug, you stand. You stand from the table and make your way back across the whole common room. Okay, and that is that's pretty much everything that can happen in the Moonshore Crossroads. So there isn't that much that can happen there. Probably in about 15 or so minutes, even if you take it very slowly. But it, it's something to do, especially, especially early on, because you can learn the weaponry skill very, very quickly. Anyway, let's leave the Moonshore. And I guess go back to Talonus. Alright, Talonus. Here we are, back in the capital city. And no, no new adventures have been unlocked by what we've just done. So, what is left to do? Well, well right near the capital is the ruins of Yar. The Wounds of Yartalon, which is a wee playable. And it's definitely worth weeding through, we properly weeding through them at least once. Because they actually do function like proper adventures. It's just proper adventures that you can do again and 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 again. Although, maybe I think Yotaro is probably the least developed of all the Wii playables. Other than the dark caves that you sometimes come across. Because you, you don't get anything extra that turns up if you do it a few times. I mean, Axe Path has that whole thing with the chisel. And there's this... And sometimes there's this... This, this other skeleton you can defeat. It has a lot of loot. Or you can go in a side passage and get a word of destruction. And there's an adventure you can find there. Quite a quite a lot of stuff you can do in Axe Path. In the, the Wounds of Tarn, that's, that's several episodes worth of stuff there. Hall of Ruin, that gradually unlocks things. And I should probably probably work on actually making progress with that. Uh, let's see, and the Jade Fang, the Jade Fang Hive in the Old North Wood. That 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 so that ties into the the Pebble Aldermas Stone Quest. So that's something there. But the wounds of Yartaran, there's never anything extra with that one. But it does offer the best gold drop. So yeah, so anyway, and this time, so okay, next episode I'll be going through that and weeding through all the stuff that you usually don't weed through because it's been because you've done it dozens of times. But anyway, but to save it, telling us, and until then, farewell, fellow adventurers.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.